0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I'm going to jump right in the word this morning, so open up your Bibles. We're in part four of living the life, and I want to just say thank you. I'm impressed so many of you got up and fought the bitter cold. Last night, uh, there was a football game on up in uh, Green Bay Packer land. I'm imagining it was about, how cold was it, Melissa? 13 degrees. Tens of thousands endured to watch their beloved team lose in the last seconds of the game. And I heard... That they stood most of the game and just swayed like this, trying to keep the blood flowing. We have heat in Florida. And so for all of you that got up and came, I bless you and thank you that you are not wussy believers. Can I say that? I just did. Thank you. For those of you that are home, because you need to be, we bless you and welcome you. For those of you that are home because it was too cold, shame on you. I love you. Rise up. If that's the worst thing you have to deal with this week is getting from your house to your car and your car inside of a warm, heated building with nice coffee. Come on, somebody. Or hot tea, which I'm drinking. Alright, enough of all that, even though I'm very serious, amen, thank you. Alright, we're talking about living the life, and I have to finish this message this morning. Uh, next week I will be out of town, uh, Franco Janeiro will be bringing the word next Sunday, and I encourage you to be here, it's going to be good, and uh, I'll be back the week after, and, uh, but uh, today we're talking about living the life that God has called us to live And as I told you four weeks ago, this word came out of just my quiet time with Holy Spirit in December, and I was asking Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to our house as we begin uh, 2022? And not knowing that uh, the day after and the day after we started our seven days of gathering and prayer and fasting, that we would uh, come under such a... Omicron attack on our church, but we survived it. We came through it. Several hundred of you uh, endured that, including my whole family, uh, minus about four of the grandkids. But uh, we cough, we hacked, we sneeze. Some of us had fever, but we survived it, came through on the side of victory. Amen. And God still has a word. And that word, uh, I believe, is foundational, and as I said four weeks ago, it's not something that you've never heard before, it's a word Holy Spirit speaking because we need to hear it again. Amen. Would you say amen to that? More than three of you. So the first one, part uh, point number five, uh, and I got eight of them, so I'm going to get through. Amen. Say amen by faith. Amen. I told the staff this week I have to finish, so I'm going to get through this. I'm going to try not to preach and look at you, which that's impossible, right? So that was not even going to happen. So anyhow, let's go. Keep the faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Uh, the scriptures will be on the screen above me. Look at that. Read it out loud with me. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Read it again. So faith comes from hearing hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. So if we're going to continue to walk in this and keep our faith, guard our hearts, guard our faith, guard our minds, guard our spirits, we have to be in the Word of God. We've said over the last several weeks we started a new all-wide corporate church Bible reading together. It's titled Four Streams. If you don't want to read that much of the Word of God every morning, find your own devotional. But I encourage you, To get in the Word of God and read. And sometimes you need to read, would you throw that scripture back up there? Sometimes you need to read out loud because you hear and hearing through the Word of Christ. Not meditating, but hearing. Last night, Suzanne went uh, to the bathroom to start getting ready for bed, and, and uh, she closed the door. And when she did, I opened up uh, my devotional, and I began to read some of these scriptures out loud as a proclamation. Why? I knew what the word was. I would meditated on it. I could quote it. But there's something about hearing. Yeah. Say Hearing. There's something about hearing the word of God. And when you hear it, it becomes life and builds your faith. So faith comes from here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. If things, let let me pause. Oh Lord, I don't need to chase these bunny trails. But let, let me just tell you, if things continue the way they are in America, what's happening in Canada has already affected eight states in the United States. Me reading this scripture out loud will become criminal, what I'm about to read. You read Romans chapter one out loud, and it will become a, a hate crime, a criminal offense. Already in Canada, two weeks ago, four pastors arrested in their church for standing up and proclaiming the Word of God and declaring adultery, homosexuality, immorality, sexual sins as a sin that separates you from God. We're arrested. That's our northern neighbors. That can't happen in our lifetime. I just finished last night for the fourth time reading a book that I wish all three of my sons would take the time to read and then read it to their children and their wives and everybody in this church. And it's a novel written from true story titled Safely Home. I finished last night reading, sitting in front of my fireplace. Man, wasn't yesterday a great day to stay in your pajamas the whole day? I stayed in my PJs the whole day. I only went outside to bring more firewood in. But last night, I was... I was finishing reading and, and I was reading off my Kindle because I can't find my original book. If you borrowed it, shame on you that you haven't returned it. Please bring it back, I'd like the original copy. Uh, but I was reading the end of it and I looked down and it said 58 minutes left. And I, I, I knew I could not go to bed last night until I'd finished this story again for the fourth time. But I was reading it like I'd never read it before. I'm sitting there, tears running down my face. As I'm reading the story of the price, many of our Chinese brothers and sisters have paid to do the same thing I'm doing freely from this pulpit, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they do it in hidden rooms and hidden caves and hidden houses in the middle of the night with people that are desperate for Jesus Christ, desperate for God. And we were talking this week in Presbytery. We had a powerful prayer time, um, our team the other day, and we were praying over all the needs of the people in our house. Each person on my staff was calling out a name and praying over them. The rest of us were in agreement, and we were praying uh, uh, for God's mercy, praying for the supernatural, praying for healing, praying for deliverance. And We had talked about uh, the the things that are going on in, in this world, and we, and we had discussed what was happening in Canada and what's beginning to happen in other nations of the world and the reality of how desperate we need to become as believers for more of Jesus. Not not more of church as we've always known it. Church is important, it's vital, it is imperative that we gather together. Because if we don't, we're going to sin against God. He, He made us for one another. We're better together than we are by ourselves. We're greater together because we have to put down the shields and take off our mask and be real with one another. That's why we not only need the corporate church, we need small groups, connect groups. Why? To help build our faith. Men need it to speak into each other's lives. So when we stray a little bit, somebody loves us enough to say, is that really where you wanna go? And you realize, no, that's not where I want to go. I, I, I want all of God. And I, I'm, I'm about to turn 65 in a couple of months. And the last 50 years of my life have come and gone like that. And, and the call of God since I was eight years old has never left me. I was reading an article the other day about how do you know the will of God and the call of God. And, and I don't know how everybody else knows it, but I know how I know it. And I know that it's never changed in my life. And the older I get, the hungrier I get, the the closer I think I get to departing this world and walking through the door of death, the hungrier I get for what I want to see God do on this earth. I'm not satisfied with where we are. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I, I, I am desperate to experience. And I want to be able to do it without having to go to China and get locked up in a Chinese jail, to show God how serious I am. I wanna, I wanna say, cold weather will not keep me from the house of God. I mean, my goodness, if, that, if that's even on the scale, something's wrong with our faith. If we are so desperate for the fullness of the power of the living God in our life, every opportunity we have together with one or two or with a corporate body. Man, there, there's just no place I'd rather be than in the house of God. David said it, man. I, 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 there, there's no place in the world like being and living in the presence of God with a corporate body. Hey, you guys realize we're going to spend eternity together? Man, I love y'all. Some of y'all I really like. Some of y'all I'm growing in grace. And some of y'all are growing in grace with me. You're like, Lord, I really want to go to another church, but the Lord keeps you here with me. And I am thankful for that, because there's not going to be another heaven to go to. Amen? Amen? When God joins you and knits you, you just need to stay joined and knitted. Amen. Oh, my gosh, that's a good message one day. I'm going to come back and preach that. All right. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. To whom? To whom? No, read it all. To everyone who believes. To everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and then to all of us Gentiles and Greeks. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. There's only one way to father God, and it is through his son, Jesus Christ. Everybody needs to say amen to that. You can't get there through Buddha, through Muslim, through any other dead religion. Jesus Christ is the only way, and that is very offensive in 2022. That's very offensive, arrogant even. Who do you think you are? We're just saying what he said. Because we look for the other ways. Self-idols. Self-gods. Self-stuff. That kept us. Woke Christianity is not Christianity. There's only one way. And that is why we have to guard the faith that the Lord has given us in our lives. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that without faith it's what? impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now I want to read one story real quick out of Luke chapter 22. And I don't really know that this relates to keeping your faith, but it does. But it's just a story that over the last uh, six weeks, uh, I have not only read and listened to Holy Spirit and watched it played out in a video, but it it is a word that has just stirred in me the hope that no matter what I go through, I have the great attorney when L. Clark first Preached here the very first time I was out of the country, and he preached on Jesus, my was it? my attorney, Jesus, my attorney. I think that was your title, L. And when I listened to that man, I had chill bumps on top of chill bumps, because L not only is a man called of God to preach the gospel, but he's also a man that gave himself to study the law and became a lawyer and an attorney, and from that legal mindset. He brought this message. And when I was, well, let me just read it. All right. Luke chapter 22. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, that your faith may not fail. Was it going to fail? Yes. Jesus prophesied it. Simon said, oh, everybody else will turn from you, but I will not. Anybody have that kind of arrogance in your walk sometimes right before you slap your face on the floor? Lord, all the rest of those weak believers might fail, but not I. And I believe that Simon really believed it in his heart. And last night, or this morning actually, I was reading in my devotional uh, reading and uh, the account of this story in the book of Mark, and Jesus says to Simon, Simon, man before the rooster crows. And I love how Mark described it, I've never realized it before, a little different than the other writers, but but each time the rooster crowed, Mark uh, uh, relates in his writing in the Gospel of Mark that Peter stopped and paused and he heard the rooster the first time. I don't know about you, I just got chill bumps. Wouldn't that have at least stirred you a little bit? And then the little girl comes along and says, I know that you're one of them. And it says, Peter goes, no, 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 I am not. And he turns and the rooster crows again. How many of us have had the warning of Holy Spirit before in our life about something, a path we were heading down that if we continued was going to take us away from where we wanted to be? The warning was there. The Holy Spirit was there. He's knocking on your door. He's talking in your heart. And yet, the lust of the flesh is a wicked thing. Many a man has failed. And it wasn't because Holy Spirit wasn't all along the way saying, you really don't want to go to this bar to have a meal by yourself. You really don't want to allow that young lady to sit down beside you at this bar. You better get up and leave. You really don't want to let her start speaking to you and flickering her eyes at you. You better run now. And many a man of God has failed. And it wasn't because Holy Spirit wasn't there. Going, The enemy of your soul has asked to sift you. To sift you. And Jesus said but when you have turned again. (laughs) Woo! Jesus had confidence in his prayer, and he had confidence that Peter would repent. When you have turned again. And that third time that rooster crowed, Peter's head went down. He looked up. One of the writers says that he looked across the fire, and Jesus looked up from where he was being beaten and tormented, and he eyed the eye of Peter, and Peter turned and left and left Jesus all alone. But when you return, strengthen the brothers. Strengthen the brothers. Let the healing, hear me some of you men, you're sitting there and My story was way too close to things that have happened in your life and guilt and condemnation and shame came, but God forgave you and God saved you and God redeemed you. God put some men in your life and you overcame that. God wants to use you to help other men. That's why you need one another. You need to be in small groups. You need to be in connect groups. Why? To keep your faith strong. I got to move on. All right. Number six, is that right? Number six, to know God's love. Somewhere this year, I've got to come back and hang out here a little while because knowing the love of God, knowing, I mean our lives impacted, our lives being touched, our lives coming to the fullness of the re- revelation and the realization of how much Jesus Christ loves you is the great, will be the greatest impact that you'll ever have in your life. When, when my son... My first son, Nathan, and all of you that have been around here have heard the long version of this story, but the short version of this story is from 8 to 24. I loved God. I was saved. I knew God had called me to the ministry, but I did not know God really loved me. God was God, and I was a, I, I, I was a, a, a baseball And my head was always in that place of one step away from sinning, failing, making a mistake, doing something stupid again, condemnation, guilt, and shame. And God was there ready to swing the bat and knock my head into hell because I did not know his love. I feared God. I feared hell. I feared God more than I feared hell. But at twenty-four, when my wife gave birth, and that nurse turned and handed that little boy all gooped up and messed up and and slimy and wrapped in a blanket and, and handed him to me and I held him in my arms and the doctor and the nurses were doing with Suzanne whatever you do at that point point in stage when the babies come. And I'm over on the side and I'm holding this child. And all of a sudden I find myself praying over him and proclaiming. It was in that moment that we decided his name would be Nathan and not Jonathan. And, and I spoke to him and I began to declare to Nathan's son, I love you. And I had a love that I can't even describe. Stirring inside of me. It was a different kind of love than the love I had for my wife. Because that kind of love is good kind of love right there. That woman of mine. But this was different. This was that woman and, and me together. Holding the gift of God in my arms. And I held him, and I prayed, and I cried, and I began to speak to him. Everything your mom and I have, we're going to pour into your life. God gave you to us as a gift and as a blessing, and we love you, and we're going to prepare a way for you, and we're going to help you. And in the midst of that, I heard for the very first time in my life the voice of God say to me, son, that love is nothing compared to the way I love you. And for the very first time, I understood the love of a father because I was one. Because I did not have that with my dad. I did not have that affirmation. I did not have that love. I did not have that support. The only way I knew my dad loved me was he actually came to some of my ball games and would sit in the stands and cheer for me. But I never remembered as a boy my dad saying, son, I love you. Son, you're valuable to me. Son, you're not just the fifth of seven. You are my only number five. Never heard that. So I never had that awareness. I just knew that I didn't want to go to hell. And so I had to live for God. But the only way I could live for God is I had to do all the commandments and live by all the laws. And I just couldn't do it. Anybody else not able to do all that stuff? But he said, I love you. And when he did his love radically changed my life first john chapter 4 verse 7 says beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god anyone who does not love does not know god why because god is love and this is the love of god was made manifest among us that god sent his only son into the world so that we might what live through him And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Isn't that amazing that everything that John writes about the love of God in our life has to do with us loving God by loving people? Do you hear that? By loving others. You show you love God by loving others. From that moment in my life at 24, I can honestly say I have been overwhelmed with love for all God's people. Red and yellow, black and white, you are precious in His sight. All the little children of the world. American, Chinese, Jamaican, Cuban, Peruvian, Honduran, chinese all of God's children. And he brings them into your life to show the love of God. No one has ever seen, verse 12, God, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I am moving right along. Point number seven. Each one of these are a message in and of themselves, but later. Say later, pastor. Two points. I can, I can get there. All right, number seven. To put on and to press in. I referenced this four weeks ago when I started this series of messages talking about the incredible scriptures, especially in the book of Ephesians, that talks about putting on the things of God. And and in Colossians, the the, uh, revelation that for us to put on a jacket, we got to take off the jacket that we're already wearing. We have to take off things, and this isn't for the person that just got saved right here and now that's coming into the full revelation of the goodness of God, and they don't have any idea of Scripture, but this is a Scripture for believers that are disciples, say disciple. We got Franco Gennaro in this house, and we're going to hear more about disciples Being a disciple, making a disciple, becoming a disciple than you've ever heard in your life. And I believe that's why God brought him and Mary Lou and their family into our house to be a part. Because this is a gift that we need. We need to be stirred continually to be reminded we're not just churchgoers. Church mice. Got our spot, got our seat. Some of y'all have already gotten so accustomed as we continue to grow and fill this house up and think about a second service or a third service or whatever we got to do to house all those that the Lord wants to save in our generation through our love, touching them. It's gonna, they're going to come in, and some of them are going to sit in your seat. Some of y'all already got your seat. Man, you just like cushion down on it. It's yours. And you walk in and somebody else is sitting in your seat. Wow. We find out, are we disciples or are we church mice? Because a seat is a seat. But a disciple is a whole different thing. And as disciples, which 99% of you are in this house, we have been called to put off some stuff so that we can put on righteousness, so that we can walk out righteously what God desires to do in our life. Colossians chapter 3, a bunch of verses here, just tag along with me, all right? If then you have been raised with Christ, how many of you have been raised with Christ? Seek the things that are above where the rest of you didn't raise your hand. I'll have an altar call in a few minutes. You can ask Jesus to raise you with Christ. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. Look up. Look up. No, really, look up. We look down a lot. But he said, look up. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. March something, our very first uh, family night in March. I don't know what date that is, but that's gonna be our next baptism. And we're excited because we're gonna come, we're gonna worship, we're gonna pray, we're gonna celebrate, and we're gonna celebrate with those who are ready to let the whole world know by their act of obedience. That they go down with Christ and come up risen with him. New man, full of faith, full of the purposes of God. Man, baptism is such an awesome thing. And I'm thankful that every time we have baptism here, it's about 50% children under the age of 14. We baptize a lot of our kids when they come to the place of the revelation that Jesus is Lord of their life. We got a text from one of our families the other day saying after one of our family night services on Wednesday, they went home and one of their children said, Mommy, I want the Holy Spirit. Ooh, and mom and dad had the opportunity to lay hands on their child and watch him receive the Holy Spirit and begin to pray in a heavenly language. My, my, my. Better that than imitating. Stupid foolishness that the world is propagating and promoting for their lives. It's better than any trip to Disney World or Legoland. I got to add Legoland to my little, uh, I just got to add it. I don't know why, but it's just like a lot of Legoland money is being spent. There's a lot of money out of this house going to Legoland. Just make sure your children know there's a place better than Legoland. It's church, the house of God. Y'all still love me? Say amen. Some of y'all couldn't say it. (laughs) Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, What is earthly in you? Say that out loud. Put to death. death. (laughs) Tap yourself and say self. Put Put to death. death. (laughs) How many of you besides me probably have at least one thing Holy Spirit is speaking to you to put to death in your life? Let me see your hand. Besides me, I mean, my hand's up. Some of y'all put your hand up and say, Lord, I don't know what it is. Just ask (laughs) Holy Spirit. And, And if you don't know, then ask your spouse. And if he or she don't know, ask your (laughs) 14-year-old. See, there are some things we got to put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, and when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Hear me, not just sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Hang on. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. I've heard some of (laughs) y'all. We got to put some things that we have thought was okay. We got to put them off. You don't want to just put them aside. You want to put them off. You you want to bury those things with Christ Jesus. And hear me, I'm not telling you what it is that you've been saying that the Holy Spirit's not pleased with. I don't need to. Holy Spirit is your Holy Spirit. And you know when things happen in your life that, that the Father's not pleased with. And how many of you have learned to grow and love the conviction of Holy Spirit? It'll save your hindsight. Yeah. Conviction will save you. Yeah. Because left to self, yeah. you will mess up yeah. and you'll be okay with it. Because right. right. you don't know the consequences right. Right. that are coming. The Holy Spirit loves you so much you don't have to wait till a week from Sunday in the third stands of just as I am <laughs> to get right with Jesus. He loves you so much right here, right now, that you're sitting there and you got bad thoughts about pastor running through your mind. Those are not of God. (laughs) I'm just telling you, they're not of God. Bad thoughts about me are not of God. I'm just reading what has already been written. And sometimes things happen and you go, whoa, I, I didn't mean that. I don't even want to think that. What is that? That's not you and your goodness. That's Holy Spirit in you. Knocking at heart's door, going, let's put that off. Let's put that off. I mean, sometimes you have to put it off. You got to take it off. You got to acknowledge it, declare it, confess it, repent of it. Verse what? Where am I? Verse nine. Ooh, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. When your boss asks you to be at work at 8 o'clock, and you sneak in a side door at 8.07, are you sinning against God or your boss? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> boss might not ever know, but he knows. Says It's just a little thing. I left seven minutes late. I know, but you've been driving that route for a long time, and you know how long it takes you to get there. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. You take a pen home from the office. It's got the name of your business that your boss owns. And the next day, you take another one. And the next day, you take another one. Y'all know years ago, my mom was a part of our house before she left this world and went to be with Jesus. And I believe she got this thing right, because I got it all back. But she, uh, she used to uh, greet folks at the door, and she also passed out uh, little visitor packets with pins on them. And after mom went to be with Jesus, all the kids were down in Sarasota, and we were going through mom's stuff, and she didn't have a lot of stuff. She had teacups and little handkerchiefs, but we, we found a, bo- a box, a whole box. She's living in Sarasota now. She's not even in Gainesville anymore. Mama, what were you thinking? And she had a whole box of nice The Rock of Gainesville pens <laughs> in a box. I am still using pens out of that box. Because when all the sisters and brothers started going through stuff, I want this, I want that, and somebody grabbed hold of Man, I could use these pins. I said, no, no, you, want, you, you come to the Rock Gainesville, you get one visitor pen, <laughs> not a box of pens. But the thing is, we want to hear the voice of Holy Spirit in our life. Verse 10, and having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator here, There is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, slave free, but Christ is all and in all. 'all, Y'all notice how I just skipped over a couple of those words. Put on then as God's chosen one. See, you got to put off first. You hear me? You got to put off those things before you can put on what? As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Marriage one-on-one. You want to live a long life together? You learn to forgive. You choose to forgive, and you learn how to receive forgiveness for your blunders and your failures. I'm telling you, it will stop divorce in the house of God if husbands and wives would learn to simply forgive one another. Ooh, we may, I, I guess we need to have one of these because it just got quiet again. Some of y'all are like, yeah, you don't know who I live with, man. Paul, Peter was asking the Lord how many times, like seven times a day, and Jesus said, no, seven times 78, and, and that still ain't like, you don't know who I'm living with. Here's the truth, but he knows you. (laughs) And as much as we're worried sometimes about our spouse, the Lord's more concerned about me and my heart. Amen? I mean, my wife and I are celebrating, we're going on 43, I believe. I believe we celebrated 42. My wife and I live in a state of forgiveness. (laughs) I mean, y'all know me, this is me at home, same person on stage, off stage. And sometimes I'm just a jerk. Sometimes I don't even like my wife, sometimes I ask her, do you want to go visit your sister? I will pay you away. And she says, help me, pack the car. She's not out of the driveway, but a little ways, and all of a sudden my house gets lonely. I mean, she's not even down to 241 yet. I'm regretting this already. But some humor in some reality. If you're married, you you learn how to forgive, and you learn how to be forgiven. Because he wants us to put it on. And listen to this, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Go ahead later and read on down through the end of that. I want to finish that up and move on. My last point, this is the one I have eight minutes to share with you. Number one of my eight point is this. And I believe that it is in this generation in America, can't speak for any other country, But I believe it's one of the greatest attacks on individuals in the body of Christ in America today. And we're called to fear not. But fear has been rampant in the body of Christ over the last two years. It's been let loose across our nation. And it comes through stupid vision, through negative, 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 news constantly. Fear, you're gonna die. Well, of course you're gonna die. I mean, what's new about that? As spirit-filled believers, we don't fear death. We don't fear death. There are times, last night, I was praying, and I said, because i just finished this book, and, and the main character in the book had just been martyred for his faith, and he had died and entered into the presence of God, and something inside of me started longing to be with Jesus. And I said, Lord, outside of your will, in the natural, I can honestly say there's nothing I need you to wait on. The Lord doesn't need your approval, want your approval, nor will he ever ask for it. And Jesus will not come until the Father's ready. And the only reason the father has withheld the hand of judgment is for the sake of those he still yet wants to call son and daughter. Right, Jesus is not come because God loves the lost right. and he wants us to love them. But we can't love them when we're all bound up in fear. We can't do the will of God. When we're all bound up in fear, we can't accomplish what God's called us to do. When every time somebody on the news says some new variant, some new disease, some new this or that's coming, all of a sudden you start Googling in and tell your spouse, I got every one of those symptoms. Can I set some of y'all free? Google is not the answer for when you're going through something. It's the natural thing to want to do. Two, 26 months ago, when I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, i never heard those two words ever. I did exactly what I'm telling you we shouldn't do. I Google it. Man, oh man. Talking about being discouraged. Talking about having your faith slapped upside the head. Nobody survives this. Nobody lives through this. If you make it a year, you're going to be good. Man, I had to say, God, I I repent for putting all that crapola, garbage, in my mind, because that's not what the Word says. Fear not! Fear not! Fear not! not. Why? Because the only thing we need to fear is to have an awesome awe-fear of God Almighty. Because everything else, the Word says His grace is sufficient. We shout amen to that in church, but then we go home and we don't live it. We let fear come in, sneak, sneak in, come in, creep in the side doors. I love the story of Joshua in Joshua chapter one. You know the story. Moses has been leading the children of Israel and God came and got him and took him to the top of the mountain. Then he woke up Joshua and said, Joshua, my servant Moses is with me. Don't even look for him. Don't have a service or memorial or a celebration. I've called you now to lead. Get up and lead. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And then several times God says to Joshua, fear not. Fear not. Be courageous. Fear not. Be courageous. Third time he says, Joshua, fear not and be very courageous. I'm reading this story at the end last night. And Lee Kuan. The man that this story is written about has been in prison, beaten, cold, frigid weather, rattled, rattled, uh, uh, um, clothes that were torn and 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 not enough to keep him warm. I'm reading all of this and I can feel the chill. I can smell the stench because. I read about the persecuted church all the time, and I read about the martyrs that today across the world are dying because they will not reject Jesus Christ. And I believe I can hear the Spirit of God saying to them continually, fear not. Trust me. Trust me. Many, most will not come out of prison. Many are dying today the same way the disciples died. They're, they're, they're living in a, in a state, in a place that's, that's incomprehensible to American Christians. We struggle to make it to church when it's cold or rainy or snowing. And the Lord is saying to us, if we're ever going to be who we've been called to be, we have to fear not. We gotta get to the place where we're very courageous. Say very courageous. Look at one of your children beside you or your spouse or your neighbor or somebody you don't know and say, God wants you to be very courageous. Say it to them and God wants you to be very courageous. And he does. And he says to Joshua, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it both day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Church, the Lord is saying to us today, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Fear. Fear is not of God. And today, I believe that some of you can break that spirit of fear over your life by simply, out of an an act of faith, in just one moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. I don't care if you bow your head or close your eyes or you look around. But if a spirit of fear has had a hold on your life, in any area of your life, it is not God. In any area, it's not God. Your your money, your mortgage, your finances, your marriage, your children. Fear is not how you fight the good fight of faith. Fear will hinder you, block you, stop you, keep you from trusting God. Some of y'all have some things that have been going on in your life for a long time and fear has kept you from really believing it can come to pass. You can break that spirit of fear by making a declaration. I reject fear. And today, I'm going to be that person growing in the fullness of faith being very courageous. So right now, as Krista's playing, I want you, if you need to deal with this thing today in your heart and your life, and hear me, one of the first things that's going to happen is the enemy is going to put fear in you about what others will think. spent most of my life overcoming fear. And as a boy, bound up with every imaginable fear, and i would not be here today doing what i'm doing traveling the places i go the nations i preach the gospel i would never have been able to do it had fear not been broken over my life so the first thing you have to do is deal with the spirit of fear against pride and say i want to be set free today so if that's you across this congregation i want you to stand to your feet and we're gonna i'm gonna pray over you right here and right now if that's you in this place stand. I'm not going to beg you to stand. You know by the Spirit, this thing has had way too much of a stronghold on your life. And the Lord today is here to set us free. He's here today to cause us to become very courageous in Him. The rest of you that are sitting, if you'll just take your hands and stretch them to- towards all of us that are standing. I- I- I'm standing today. standing You know why? Because all hell still keeps trying to tell me I'm gonna die and not accomplish what God's called me to do. And every day I have to fight the good fight of faith and say, no, that's a lie from hell. 26 months ago, they gave me three months to live. I'm still living. Therefore, I still have an opportunity to do what God has called me to do. So for those of us standing, you stretch your hands and repeat this after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm standing today confessing, acknowledging fear has had too much of a stronghold in my life. Today, I reject fear. I denounce fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, today I'm receiving Your Word into my life. Fear not. Today, I'm choosing to fear not over my life, over my family, over my spouse, over my children, over my finances, over my business, over the will of God, over the purposes of God, that you have spoken into my life. Today, I choose to fear not, and in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that your grace is here setting me free in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an ovation. The rest of you stand with us. Come on, let's give Him a praise because He's worthy. Let's give Him a praise because we're free of fear, doubt, unbelief. Today we're free. Come on, give Him a praise in this place today. Because He alone is worthy of all praise, all worship, and all honor. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank You so much the power that comes by the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful today, Jesus, that you were willing to go to the cross for us. And Holy Spirit, today we welcome you once again in our lives and we open up our hearts and our minds and our bodies and we say, Come, reside in me, live in me, don't visit me, stay with me, Holy Spirit, because I need you every day and every hour in every decision. Father, thank you for the promise that you would never leave us as orphans, but that you gave us your Holy Spirit. We want to accomplish what you've called us to do on this earth in 2022, but we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we honor You, we welcome You, we receive You in the fullness of all that You are. The Word promised, Jesus promised in chapter 14, 15, and 16 that You would come and be our comforter when we're hurting. You would tell us the things we need to know when we seek wisdom. You will help us. Oh, Father, we need Your help today in this world, in this season, and in this time. So Holy Spirit, we honor you today and we bless you and we give you all thanks and praise for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.